What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Spectators Baseball Podcast. We have spring training has started. Teams reported yesterday, and we are ready to get to predicting. Kim, what up, baby? We are at that really fun time of year where Nestor Cortez strikes out Juan Soto three times three in a times. row, and you're like, wow, is Nestor Cortez great? Is it going to be awesome this yes. season? Or does Juan Soto suck? And you watch these clips like... Should I be happy or upset? I don't know because it's going against each other. But thankfully, they don't have to during <laughs> the season. That's pretty cool. That's right. And this is the fun part of the year because, like, spring training is definitely very exciting, especially for, like, me in Florida. Like, it's around. Like, I feel it sometimes. Like, you'll see the games going on if you're driving around, which is pretty cool. And every team has no wins, no losses. Everybody's in first. Everybody's in last. But we get to see the young guys. We get to see the new uh, acquired players hitting for the first time, wearing the uniforms for the first time, photo day, all that good stuff. And it is an exciting time for MLB. And I know I've been, um, you know, salivating over the Juan Soto pictures we've seen of him in pinstripes specifically today. And it's been, it's been an enjoyable last couple of days for me. I don't know how you feel. I've liked it. I've been having fun. You know, as a Yankees fan with a very, um, I, don't, I guess I'll use the word bland. Our jerseys are pretty bland. It's been um, less frustrating looking at these awful, awful jerseys because, you know, we don't have names to look at on the back. We just have stripes. It, everything looks the same. Nothing changed hey. for us, thankfully. Uh, yeah, the, I'm sure you saw the picture of um, Shohei where the, the jersey's just showing through the pants, and it's like, ah, nice. We're going to uh, get some leaks of MLB players in a game on live TV this year. Very cool. That's Not, exactly what I see. When, like when I when I turn on ESPN to watch Yankees or Red Sox on a Sunday night, I'm like, I really hope I see some meat. Dude, please meat check right now. <laughs> right now. And and then we get it because the Fanatics doesn't know how to make clothing, even though that's their one job. So shout out to Fanatics. You guys are useless. And um Again, shout out to the Yankees. No last names in the back. That it makes it, it makes the sting a little bit less. But I mean, everybody else is pretty, pretty terrible. And the, they're charging more for the jerseys too. I saw a Cubs jersey going for like four hundred dollars. Hello, four hundred dollars. Put that on a list of things I'm not gonna buy. There's so many things you could do with four hundred dollars. I buy like eleven jerseys illegally. On sites that we will not name so that we can still continue to use them. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But like I said to start, we're going to go over some awards predictions. Uh, Kind of just our stab in the dark at some awards. Some of them will be pretty obvious guesses, I'd imagine. Some of them won't be. We're going to go over, obviously, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. We're also going to do Most Improved. I know that's not an award in the MLB. I have always felt like it should be. And I think that's a fun, that's like one of the f- more fun ones to look at because you actually got to look at like stats and expecteds and things that make players good and why players are valuable. So we're going to go over all that. I think we should start probably with rookie of the year since that's going to be the least amount of actual information we have on the players. And then, uh, then, then move on, move on down after that. So, uh, Mr. Kent, you want to start us off here, Kent? All right, rookie of the year. You know, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's very likely he's going to get a late start recovering from, you know, uh, not not very fun injury. But I got Yankees, Jason Dominguez. I don't really think there's a whole lot to explain here because everything that he did last season you loved. I mean, his barrel percentage, hard hit percentage, sweet spot percentage, all above the 90th percentile albeit very, very limited at bats. But you can get just a little bit more of that. There's no reason he can't win Rookie of the Year, especially if he regains the same uh, discipline at the plate that he had in the minors when he was walking 70, 80 times and his on-base percentage is, you know, like 350, 360 or higher. You just have the recipe for a very good rookie season, even if he starts a month or two late. Yeah, and, and kind of like you said, we, we saw, like, crazy good numbers from him um, actually in the majors, which is always a difficult, you know, adjustment 
sometimes a guy in double A AA or triple A will go crazy and then get getting their feet wet does take a little bit of a second. And Domingo's kind of hit the ground running and was actually better in the majors than he was in triple A, which is a little impressive. It's going to be tough because the AL has some crazy rookies this year, like Jackson Holiday at some point. I don't know if he'll be starting the year on the Orioles roster, but whenever he does get called up, which I assume is going to be this year, um, that's likely the favorite. Uh, it's also hard to look down on Evan Carter, who was a really important player for the Rangers on their World Series run. Uh, when guys like Marcus Semien weren't really playing their best, Evan Carter was a on-base machine, one of the best visions I've ever seen, like ever, especially out of a young guy. And I really like him. But Dominguez is about as five tool as it gets. And if he does come back, I think the big caveat for him is when he comes back. If he's coming back at the All-Star break, obviously it's going to be a lot tougher because Carter will be there day one. Holiday will be there probably by May. Those caveats are tough, but... There's not a reason he can't win it. Kavits, if you will. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what he's cooking over there, man. <laughs> I, I, I was what. just like, how can I mess up his train of thought? Kavits. Oh, no. Can't. Can't do it. Locked <laughs> in. Dub Nation. Can't do it. Um, So I'm going to go to the NL then, since you gave us a little Jason Dominguez action. And as much as I really want to say... The number two prospect in baseball with Jackson Churio. I really don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm looking forward to watching some games and hearing his name more. Uh, Jackson Churio will be cool. Novelli Marte for the Reds, I think, is going to be a baller. And if nothing else, he's going to be a stud defensively right away. But this one, I feel like I kind of have to go with the favorite because I think Yoshinibo Yamamoto might be a Cy Young contender immediately. And I think his stuff is going to be fantastic right away. And he's going to be an old rookie. I mean, he's a 25-year-old who's already had several seasons as a professional baseball player. Already has two Cy Youngs in the Japanese League. Comes over here. It's going to take a lot from a specific hitter to kind of take over Yamamoto. Or Yamamoto has to like severely not play to expectations at all. And so uh, if both of those happen, look out for Churio or Novelli Marte, maybe like a Shota Imanaga as a little sneaky one. But I, I would really find it hard to believe that Yamamoto isn't Rookie of the Year in the National League and isn't at least like a top five Cy Young kind of a guy too. Like, I think they're both going to happen. Yeah, I mean... It, like you said, it would be very hard for Yamamoto to not win Rookie of the Year. We already know how incredible of a talent he is. And we pointed this out, um, I don't know if it was maybe like a month ago at this point, but when he first got signed, all I saw on Twitter was, how could you pay this guy this much money? How could you pay this guy this much money? But if you pull up fan graphs right now, I guarantee you he is a top 30 in projected war. Uh, in the league without ever throwing a pitch. Yeah. Um. So they're projecting him to already be a top 30 player. And if you are a top 30 player and you are a rookie, there's a <laughs> really good chance. I mean, really good. Yeah. Chance. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, you're, you're absolutely right. Um. And I think he's just going to be good. Like there's not the best hitting teams in that division right now, either. Uh, the Padres are kind of somewhere in the middle of the pack. We don't really know what to expect from the giants. Rocky stink <laughs> like that's a lot of not ideal baseball teams that you get to go up against so the odds are definitely in his favor he has really good defense behind him like it all just he'll, he's gonna play with leads like everything you kind of want as a pitcher is gonna be there for you and um is he the ace of that staff I'm not really sure Bobby Miller is gonna be a dog glass now if he's healthy he's gonna be a dog but he's gonna be really good I like it I'm a fan. But um, let's go to most improved. I feel like since it's not technically a award, we shouldn't leave it for any later. However, here at Spectators Media, we are making an award. Absolutely. Right now. So congratulations to these two handsome gentlemen who are about to win it. Absolutely. There will be no voting on this award. We will have no trophy to give out, but it will be acknowledged. I mean, 
we probably won't actually give out. Well, no, we probably will. I was gonna say we probably won't give out an end of the year like most improved award, but we probably will. Yeah, we definitely will. I can't imagine either that or we'll just go. We'll we'll just go look back on our picks and be like, "You stupid." (laughs) (laughs) Well, I started with the last one, so I will let you go ahead and start with your most improved pick. Okay, I have two. I'm gonna pick my second one, which is going to the National League. And it was actually one of the more head-scratching trades I've seen, honestly, in a long time. Uh, The Chicago White Sox traded Jake Berger to the Miami Marlins. He was a 26-year-old, I think, at the time of the trade in his first full MLB season. Uh, So he has plenty of team control with the Marlins now, which is definitely the type of player they need because they're not a team that spends a whole lot. Jake Berger ended his season last year with... 34 home runs, batting 250, a 309 on base percentage, and a 518 slugging in his first full MLB season. This is a guy that when he came up, originally his like uh his MO was this is gonna be a guy who hits for raw power. And that's kind of his thing. Like he this is a power bat. But as it turns out, he's a decent athlete. He plays a lot of positions in the infield. He can give you some flexibility at third, play a little bit of second base and a little bit of first, uh, which is nice because the Marlins need to kind of figure out their infield and how that's going to be fleshed out. Having some flexibility there is really nice. And this guy flat out smacks the baseball hard. And for a guy who hasn't seen a whole lot of pitching in the major league level, to be in the 90th essentially percentile in expected slugging, expected uh, exit velo, barrel percentage, hard hit percentage. His expected on base percentage is really good because although he does swing and miss a good amount, he still is able to like put together quality at bats. He does strike out a bunch. I fully expect Jake Berger to more or less double the amount of walks that he had this year after a full season of, again, adjusting after a trade, uh, being in the White Sox system, which I don't think we talk enough about how detrimental that is to like a young player, it is a really toxic um, environment. And there's a reason that most young guys there haven't improved yeah, in their tenure that. there. Not that the Marlins are great at developing hitters, but I think Jake Berger is plenty talented on his own that if he's able to watch more balls and gather a little bit more walks so he can get closer to a... 360 on base percentage that doesn't have to be there but i think his ceiling could be about a 360 on base percentage if he can do that this is a guy that could go 40 home runs 360 on base percentage and unironically be the best hitter in at least an okay offense so jake berger most improved national league i like it no, I like it a lot, um, and I, I definitely agree. If he can simply – he doesn't even have to be the greatest at drawing walks, but if no. he can even just get that up to like 8 or 9%, I mean, we're talking about a guy that I just had it up, but I of course I don't anymore. Um, I, I think he walked around like 50 times. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you can simply walk 65 or 70 times, that's going to boost up his on-base percentage probably a good – 15 20 points and everything else comes with it yeah. you know your 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 um slugging your uh, ops all that comes with it um and yeah i mean if you can boost everything up 15 20 30 points of course you are most definitely in the running for this award so i like your pick yeah i think the one last note i think this guy has an opportunity to be a 870 880 ops guy like i think he's that talented as a hitter so you know Walk a little bit more, start chasing just a smidge less. You can whiff as much as you want. Just stop chasing. Um, and you you got yourself legitimately one of the better right-handed hitters in the NL East and just a really good player. Valid. Yeah, I like him. I really do. What you got for us? I have a superstar. <laughs> wasn't okay. really much of a superstar a season ago though okay. it's a guy that missed all of 2022 because you know he had to you know put steroids in his hair or something i don't I really don't even remember the whole story um we're talking about fernando tatis jr now 
he didn't necessarily have a terrible season a year ago. You know, if you're looking at traditional stats, almost a 260 average, uh, 25 home runs is a little low for him, like in the power department. Um, I mean, everything, though, is just a little low. I mean, the 322 on base percentage compared to him normally having about a 360. The 449 slugging compared to him always being above like 500, 550. Uh, just everything's a little low. And I look at it as Tatis was a less than fortunate player at the plate. Um, because when you take a look at his Savant page, I mean, everything, everything that I am about to list is at least in the 87th percentile or higher, which qualifies, I'd say, as elite. We're talking about his ex-WOBA, his expected batting average, expected slugging, average exit velocity, his hard hit percentage, and then even something like his barrel percentage was in the 70th percentile. So he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball in the air as well. His launch angle was 11 degrees. His average launch angle was 11 degrees. So he's hitting line drives, but for some reason, they were just finding gloves. And that is noted by an expected batting average of 281 compared to his actual batting average of 257, um, which is a 24-point difference. Quick math. Yes, 24-point difference. And an expected slugging of 508 compared to a slugging of just 449, which is a 59-point difference on the slugging as well. So if he does essentially the same exact thing he did a season ago, but just has a little bit of luck, his numbers are going to look like they absolutely skyrocket in 2024. Yeah, and you, you bring up the expected slugging. I think that's seventh in baseball in terms of, like, unlucky players. Um, some of them above him are superstars. Acuna was above him and still won an MVP. So it's possible to beat the uh, unlucky slugging allegations. When you have a guy like Tatis who's as great defensively as he's looked in one season out in right field... He's a top 5% athlete in terms of sprint speed and obviously just like base stealing and running the bases. He's always been fantastic at that. Get a little lucky. Maybe get a little bit more consistent. He had a really bad, I think it was August. Uh, just one of those where he just couldn't buy a hit. And and he's uh, a little fiery of a guy, so that definitely gets to him more than it would. Uh, more of a cool, level-headed player. So if you can kind of get that under control... Get a little bit luckier, which, you know, not something you can really control, but is what it is. I do have my one uh, thing with him is that Juan Soto is not in that lineup anymore, so there's less of a reason to pitch to him. Uh, I know sure. their lineup construction was a little bit odd, and they moved it around quite a bit, uh, so he wasn't always next to Soto, but ha losing Juan Soto is usually detrimental to an offense. And it'll make the next guy up just get worse pitches to hit more often. So that's a little tough. But I do like Tatis. And if he is getting lucky and maybe getting that launch angle actually a little bit higher because that stadium is brutal to hit home runs in. It's I think it's the second hardest stadium in the league in terms of uh, run value for hitters. If he can get that launch angle a little bit higher, you know, get towards 35-ish, 40 home runs. This is like a 7-8 or guy instead of the 5.5. So, Certified MVP candidate. For sure. And I mean, again, 5.5 war, we're talking about this guy being a most improved. Like That's how high we regard him and his skill set and what he brings to a team and kind of just the expectations we have for him. So it's not a, it's not a slanderous on how he was bad last year, but we just think he can provide a lot more. Basically... He performed 5.5, if I were to guess. It's probably somewhere in the top 30. If I were to guess, 5.5 is very good war. Probably, yeah, he's I, probably a top 30, top 40 player. Off the top yeah. of my head, if I were to guess, I'm, I'm sure I could find it if I really wanted to quickly. Which is a very good player. I'm just saying I think he's a top 10 player in the league. Yeah. 5.5 would probably put him in top 15. Bradley's at number 10, so I'm not going to Damn, that's top that 15? I'm bad at this trash actually unfortunately dog dog, dog water to be on, on b war by the way which is less kind to outfielders typically a little bit
So yeah, Tatis, you you're you're handsome. Be handsome this year. Very. I would like that out of you. I would like that Very. out of you. All right, we're going back to you. It's a little Cy Young, a little back to back on the Cy Young predictions. I have a feeling you're going to take the easy road here, which is fine. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm not. I'm going to give you something something different. You know how you know how like Garrett Cole won the Cy Young last year on a pretty bad Yankees team, right? Yeah. But we all still talked about it because it's Garrett Cole and he's on the Yankees. Yeah. Well, this guy that I'm going to name is going to be similar to like Felix Hernandez on those awful, awful okay. Mariners teams. I'm not going to. I'm not saying he is going to be Felix Hernandez, but yeah. he's he's on a bad team. So like, you might not even talk about him. But he's going to win Cy Young this year. Weird. God, I was cooking until I said weird. Anyways, we are talking about Tariq Skubal. I had him too. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'll Tariq go with somebody Skubal. else when I talk. He's a, he's a, he's a dog. Dog. In, like, he only had 80 innings pitched. But, you know, that's, that's all right. He's, he's coming off injury. Back from injury. Yeah. Right. He's coming off injury. In those 80 innings. A career-high 32.9% strikeout percentage. I don't think he necessarily maintains that, but if he gets in the high 20s, if he even touches 30, that's incredible. A career-low 4.5% walk percentage. We hate walks. Say no to walks. Walks are bad. He is a certified member of the Walks Are Bad Club, and we love that for him. His ERA, not the best stat to look at, was 2.8, but his expected ERA was 2.3, a whole half a point better than his actual ERA. And then everything, everything is elite. His chase percentage, his K percentage, walk percentage, barrel percentage, whiff percentage. There's not a single thing, even his ground ball percentage is in the 87th percentile. There's not a single thing on his Savant page that is bad, except, like, his extension. But clearly that does not matter for him. <laughs> Tariq Skubal is going to win Cy Young in 2024. I mean, that's just about as you're so mega mind for that. The only thing that I want Tariq Skubal to do better, and I and I actually need him to do this a little bit better. I would like him to throw a slider for more strikes because he doesn't get as much whiff on his slider like a left-handed slider that is as quick as it is, because I think its ex its average speed is like 86 or something like that, or 87. Um, he only gets a 24% whiff percentage on that. That pitch needs to be put away, and he's only at a 19% put away on his slider. When you throw as hard as he does, because he sits at about 95, 96, pretty good for his arm slot as a lefty, if he can improve his slider a little bit and get that whiff percentage up to like 30, 35%, I am telling you this will be a runaway Cy Young. Like, runaway. Because he'll win more games than he doesn't as a Tiger. That staff is terrible. That offense is abysmal. But he'll be their all-star. And That's what I mean. Like, if he starts, if he starts 30 games, he's going to go like 13 and 12. Yeah. But he's going to have a nasty ERA and everything else. He's probably going to lead the AL in strikeouts if he plays a full season. Disgusting amount of strikeouts. And um, playing in Comerica, too. Helps. It it helps with, like, home runs, right? So he's going to give up less of those. You will give up more random things. Pitchers tend to have higher ERAs there just because... Balls go into the gaps more, and that type of stuff kind of changes in variance. Uh, so, like, expected stats are a little bit closer, but they wind up being just a little bit higher. Uh, I I mean, I love that pick. I think Tark's going to be fantastic. And if it's not Garrett Cole, which, I mean, he's the reigning Cy Young right now, and without the AL having Shohei, losing Glass now, uh, Shane McClanahan's out for the year. So there's, a, like, it's kind of thin at the top of the AL Cy Young race, you know, you still have Luis Castillo, George Kirby's probably in that mix somewhere. Uh, Degrom's coming back, allegedly, 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 allegedly. He's gonna come back for like forty more innings. <laughs> he was really good. Those he's 40 got. Innings, he's got to meet his quota. 
He'll have he'll have he'll have the best forty innings you've ever seen, and then just like start drinking some bush lights, watch uh, watch Max Scherzer do his thing. <laughs> so uh, I I fully agree. Um, I was gonna I'll, I won't talk as much about him because I think it's less of a runaway. But we're gonna stick with another Marlin on the Cy Young, and it's not Sandy. It's gonna be Jesus Lazardo. I think Jesus Lazardo has all the makings of a Cy Young pitcher, but he needs to kind of figure out what makes him good. And what I mean by that is Jesus Lazardo is a guy who strikes a lot of people out, and he has strikeout stuff. His fastball is fantastic. His slider is fantastic. His changeup's very good. But he's a guy that likes to try and induce soft contact with strikeout stuff. And that leads to balls getting hit hard because you have strikeout stuff and not soft contact stuff. So his hard hit percentage is a little bit lower than you'd want. Um, a guy with his type of pitching repertoire, uh, his ground ball percentage is way too low to be pitching to soft contact. I know he has a, a good moving fastball, but if you want to pitch to that soft contact, you need to be getting ground balls, not letting the ball go into the air. And he doesn't necessarily do that. So if he's able to keep the balls in the strike zone, walk a couple less guys, and strike out more with intention, Jesus Lazardo is going to wind up with 260 strikeouts this year instead of the 208 that he had, which was a career high, and he looked really good. But the strikeouts for him are going to translate directly in a massive improvement in just about every category. Yeah, I mean, you definitely you definitely don't love the the launch angle there, especially for a guy that gives up a, a decent amount of hard hit balls and mm-hmm. like a pretty high average exit velocity. The average launch angle at fourteen point five. I mean, that that's a, a line drive every single time. Yeah, you definitely don't like to see that. One thing I will say, I definitely love about Jesus Lazardo's game that has pre- progressively gotten better, especially since 2021 is um, he, he is slowly, but surely joining the uh, no walk society. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't stress how much I love no walks. Like there's, can you ever name an instance where a walk that was not intentional was good? Probably not. Um, off the top of your head. Yes. <laughs> No, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, I won't, but I can't. Don't do it. Every Walking Barry time, Bonds. Every time. I said intentionally. I said that wasn't intentionally. Just saying. It's always better. It's always better. Nine times out of ten, if I watch my pitcher walk somebody, chances are they just walked the ninth batter, and the next guy comes up and immediately smokes a double, and I am... Furious. Screaming at my wall. <laughs> Furious. I am saying hateful things to my wall. <laughs> <laughs> Say no to walks. Say no to walks. Uh, which is why we don't talk too much here about guys like Blake Snell. As as much as I do like Blake Snell, and I think he's put together a pretty good career. Um, big strikeout guy. I just don't like how much he walks players. And it's like become just a trend in his career he is like bad about walking it's not like he's even serviceable as like a pitcher that can get out of innings quickly he lets counts get you know long in the tooth and then puts runners on and thankfully Blake Snell has fantastic arm angles and his extension's great and his put-away stuff is maybe one of the best from a left-hander we've seen since prime Kershaw. Like, that's all true, and he's able to talent his way out of the situations he creates, but Blake Snell just needs to keep guys off the bases, like, occasionally. Sometimes. He'd have, like, a a 0.7 whip every year if he could just stop walking people, which is, like, Hall of Fame-type stuff. Yeah, so if we have like our our no walk society or like a, a certified member of like the walks are bad club, but what what is Blake Snell in? What is, I mean they they gotta have 
it's I, like, people that in, it's like to take your base club. Like you got it, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, which not bad. I think Snell is kind of in the realm of I'd rather give you this base than throw you a strike that you're about to crush. Because he kind of knows, like, you can tell when he pitches, he gives up on at-bats occasionally because he's getting timed up or, like, he doesn't necessarily have an out pitch in this at-bat because he ha- he tried it and it didn't work. And he's like, I'm going to give you the base because if I throw a pitch that I don't feel comfortable with, you're going to hit it hard because I've seen my fair share of hard-hit balls against me. Uh, which I don't think is, like, a bad thing if that's the mentality, if he's, like, conceding an at-bat because he doesn't want to give up a worse result. But we don't know how true that is. So that's just me like projecting like thought process. Yeah, man, walks are bad. <laughs> walks are bad. <laughs> they are though. Walks are bad. Especially when you have good stuff. Walks are bad. They extend innings. They put stress. You know, like I don't think it's talked enough about, and I don't know like obviously numbers to to back it up, but like being in more stressful innings, aka like runners on scoring position, runners on pit innings with like 25 or more pitches, that's got to like deteriorate your like career capacity to an extent after you do it so often. Because like stressful innings, like you're not throwing it easy, you're throwing tight. Like some guys are built different for it, not me. It's not true. I actually mm. love stressful innings. I love being a reliever as a pitcher, but like I wasn't. Throwing 95, you arms chilling. Yeah, like you chose that. Yeah. As a starter, you don't really choose that. Yeah, that's true. You you like to go out there when there's nobody on base. When the weather is perfect. Honestly. But you know, it's part of the reason he only threw 180 innings. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. That's a, and... we, we pivoted a little bit, but like I, we were talking walk society. It felt like a nice little. We haven't talked yeah. about Snell. He's still not signed. This is a good reason why. Nobody wants to. Say, nobody like, wants to give nine years to a guy who can't command the zone. Yeah. Who struggles to throw more than five and a half innings a game because his pitch count is at two hundred fifty uh, by the eighth batter he sees. That was a crazy exaggeration, but you get the point. Um, I mean, oh, quick math. Um, it's never quick. No, actually, quick math says he probably averaged about five and two-thirds innings a game. Um, and I know that because 32 times five is 160, and he pitched 180 innings. So quick math, you get what I'm saying? Um, and that's just not what you want out of a, a top-tier starter. You want six innings. You want quality starts. And he's demanding top-tier starter money, which – don't get me wrong. In terms of, you know, just not allowing runs, great, awesome. But the stress that he also puts on your bullpen at the same time is not what you want um, out of a guy that's going to demand thirty million dollars a year. Yeah, th- I think that's that's like part of the main thing. It's just you're looking at how the years that you're wanting to give him, and it's like, eh. eh. Do I? And hence why he's not on the team. Real. So, real. All right. Let's move to our final award. Woohoo. Final award. Uh, MVP. There's some really good options. Some really good I don't options. Even think about it. Say it. I genuinely don't even have to think about it. As long as we get 130, 140 games, it's Aaron Judge. There is not many things that Aaron Judge is not the best at when it comes to hitting right now. The following things are in the 100th percentile on baseball, Savant. He's just the best. 100th. If you don't know what that means, that means he is the best. He's not in the top 1%. He is the top percent. Anyways. Looking at things such as ex-WOBA, expected slugging, average exit velocity, barrel percentage, hard hit percentage, walk percentage, 
all of these things. That is one, two, three, four, five, six things in which Aaron Judge is the best at in the league. And some of them aren't even particularly close. Um, I mean, if we filter it by, say, 400 at-bats, because no, it would have to be like, yeah, no, plate appearances. Say if we filter it by like 400 plate appearances, that barrel percentage number, he's he's up by like eight or nine percentage points. I mean, there's just so many things that Aaron Judge is the best at, and some of these things the best at by a wide margin. Add on his... Even at even at this age, even at this point in his career, um, a very solid defender, mm-hmm. and you have my pick for twenty twenty four MVP. I agree. I like you for that. You're handsome, and it's crazy because we we talked about it like a couple weeks ago. But Judge and Soto are the one and two like odds on favorites for MVP right now in the AL. Um, it's really easy to see why, and I actually think they really help each other. There's a chance, there's a world where the Yankees are going to have Juan Soto hitting with a, let's let's guess in the low end, uh, a 390 on base percentage, right? He's only been below 400 once in his career, so I think that's a pretty conservative guess. 390 on base percentage. He's going to hit second most likely before Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge will have a guy that's on base almost 40% of the time hitting before him. Judge is most likely going to hit 40 to 45 home runs. That right there, mathing, is 60 RBIs with no other factors. <laughs> I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, just off of that, just off of the guy before him and himself hitting it out of the park, 60 RBIs. And then you obviously add everything else. He's going to hit a couple grand slams and singles and not like, it's just. The counting stats are going to be crazy for Judge this year. It's the best protection he's going to ever have in a lineup, especially if Anthony Rizzo can actually see in a straight line, which they say he can, um, which is pretty cool. Excited Anthony for that. Rizzo doesn't see three baseballs at a time? It might be God. Uh, no, that, Judge is going to be awesome. Uh, look out for Jordan. Look out for Corey Seager. Uh, Corey Seager's never been a big regular season truther outside of last year where you know Shohei was never not going to win that award. So that's tough. Uh, there is no Shohei, though, so there will be a one-way player winning an MVP in the American League again, and it will not take 60 trillion home runs to do it. That's pretty cool. Thank you so much. We appreciate that, Shohei, for going to the Dodgers. You know, I, I just wanted to say a little bit more about the, the protection aspect here. Um, if Juan Soto's on base 40% of the time, mm-hmm. and then you have Aaron Judge followed up by literally anyone. It, it, it does not matter. It could be possibly the worst hitter in the league. It's probably going to be Rizzo in the three spot again. Mm-hmm. But no matter who it is, you never want to let a guy up to bat with two guys on base, which means Juan Soto is already on base. Aaron Judge is going to see pitches to hit this season like he probably never has in his entire career. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. He might hit 74. Hey, maybe that'll be like the downfall of Judge where people start throwing him strikes and he's like, oh, what do I do? They're like, wait a minute. He's like, maybe we could just fill up the zone and this guy sucks. We've been trying to throw at his ankles his whole career. Give him some meatballs. 55 home runs later. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that, that offense should, air quotes, should be really good, especially just with that one addition. Be crazy. I'm going to NL. Going my MVP. We're not going too crazy hot takes on the MVPs. Sorry. What do you want from me? Mookie Betts. They get Shohei Otani added to this lineup. Mookie Betts is still the best hitter in a lineup that has Freddie Freeman in a lineup with Shohei Otani and every other great or above average hitter that they have. Mookie Betts is still the best hitter here. He's in the 80th percentile of literally every savant bubble, every single one besides sprint speed, which I don't really know when his like speed left him. He used to be really fast. Uh, I don't know why that kind of got zapped from him. He's on some like Stantonian type of 
downfall in terms of athleticism. Doesn't matter because he's not even playing right field anymore. Mookie Betts gets an opportunity to go to an infield position where he's going to be elite defensively. AKA he's going to stack up more war. He had 8.3 war last year. He might get close to 10 just on the fact that he's going to be a second baseman instead of a right fielder where it's just way harder to get war in the outfield. He had 39 home runs last year. If he puts up 35 homers with a 400 on base percentage again, is as good defensively at second base as I expect them to be. This might be a runaway. If And if Acuna... If the bases are smaller and the pickoff rule isn't changed, Acuna doesn't have 70 stolen bases. And that Mookie Betts would be online to have a back-to-back MVP season. Because outside of really the stolen bases, Betts did just about everything else better than Acuna last year. But because of obviously how great Acuna was and the stolen base, we'd never seen 40-70 before. And they were pretty close with most things. I'm not mad that Acuna won it. He's a fantastic player, and I love him. But I do think Mookie is still a better hitter. And his defense is going to be valued more this year. And he's handsome. And he's not a Red Sox anymore either, which is pretty cool. I know he hasn't been for a while, but like that still matters. It means something to me. Right here. You know, I love your pick. But the whole time, I can't help but think about how like Red Sox fans, and even like like baseball fans as a whole... You know, they they all used to want to tell us Yankees fans that Mookie Betts was the best right fielder in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think... Uh, okay, I'll say it's a little close. But I feel like it's undisputed that since at least 2021, there's no question Aaron Judge is the best right fielder in the league. Aaron Judge has been the best outfielder in baseball since 2021. Valid. That's, I mean, I think he has more war, more home runs, the highest OPS over that time, the highest slugging over that time. Like, I think, like, every little counting stat and then, like, also, like, advanced stat for, like, you know, valuable hitting advice uh, would tell you that he's been the best since then. So uh, Not many things that he isn't the best in. We don't need to compare them, though. They're different leagues. They're both, they're both beautiful men that are, are both going to win some hardware this year because we have never been wrong on predictions once as a duo. Never. I've actually never been wrong about anything in my entire life. Post an NLE's to predictions on my Twitter page today. They're not going to be wrong. Okay. I picked the Mets to finish second in that division. I'm going to be right. Braves are winning it? Yeah. Yeah. The Mets? Yeah. Dude, they're the are, offense. Are they, are they doing the classic, like, oh, we're going to tank this year, but then are actually good? Because they they're like they've mentioned they've said they are tanking that it's like no they're just gonna they're just gonna score like fifteen hundred runs and they're gonna give up all the runs but they're gonna score all of the runs like their pitching's not gonna be necessarily great but they're just gonna score more Jose Quintana is their two starter right now yeah I know that's that's okay, like, just, like, they're just, gonna give up all of the runs but they're gonna score sure all the runs as well locked in you know I just wanna, yeah 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 it. no that's idea it. That's all. okay. But that offense, really, if you look at that lineup top to bottom, there really isn't a hole in it. I mean, Jeff McNeil not being good is probably a hole. Okay, but you could do worse. <laughs> Let me pull up the Mets lineup real quick. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold I like on, that on, you could do worse. It's like, you got me. Like, you're right. You could definitely do worse. I mean, you could have Addison I mean, Russell at second base. Like, sure. Yeah. Could have Isaiah Kiner Falefa. You you could certainly could definitely could. Of course, I don't have like any projected lineups. Yeah, we don't like need it, man. Type in a... It's fine. I believe you. No, I just don't right. like it. I just don't like it. I that's it's gonna happen. <laughs> I just don't like it at all. Sorry to say it. I might it's like the Marlins happen. more than the Mets this year. I know I've talked about that a little insane. bit today. I might like them more. They have way better pitching. They're gonna they're gonna hold teams down the runs. Just off of that, I like it. I'm upset. What? I honestly don't think I see the Marlins winning 80 games. Didn't they win 80 last year? They won 84 last year. Yeah, they're they're going to be a better team. 
We'll come back to this. Okay. We'll We'll come come back back to this. We'll come back to this. I think they'll win about (laughs) more or less the same amount of games, but they're going to be a better team. We'll come back to this. Okay. (laughs) All right. Whatever whatever you say, man. I mean, hey, listen, listen. How about this? How about this? You hear me out. We come back next week, and we talk divisions. For sure. I like that. That feels like a good thing to me. Because uh, spring training will have some games started, I think, tomorrow. It's the first games. And then they'll obviously just be going pretty much every day. But tomorrow's really the first day of baseball being back. Games are being played. You can bet on spring training. On spring training? Yeah. Why would anyone saw, ever do that? I saw a line for Joe Musgrove, two strikeouts. I, no thank you. He'll probably throw one inning. I'm good. I'm upset. Yeah. You can do I mean, it. it even... You can bet on anything. Vegas wants your money. They will take your wife and kids as well. No regard. No regard. <laughs> uh, you got anything else for this episode? I mean, uh, let's 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 say all of our predictions at once, right? Oh yeah, it's at the exact same time, so no one can actually hear us. Exactly. You're going first. Perfect. Going first. Like all of them in a row, like bang, 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 yeah, or like yeah. you, I go, say, you go, I go, you go. Say, say, yeah, say what award, and then got it. All right, the official twenty-four kin award pick for no. Okay, see, I gotta I gotta think of like a, a smooth way. No, to say it sounded this. good to me. I think no, no, it's it be better. Really fucking awful. Be better. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Twenty-four kins official twenty twenty-four season award picks. You can lock them in. Go bet them on whatever app. Don't don't do that. Don't do not do that. This is not financial advice. True. For <laughs> baseball twenty twenty-four, starting with rookie of the year, we got Jason Dominguez, most improved player, Fernando Tatis Jr., Cy Young Award, AL because he's in the AL, Tariq Skubal, and your MVP again. It's gonna be AL because he's in the AL. Aaron Judge, lock them all in. Bet the house on it. Don't do it. Don't I'm do not it. a financial advisor. Don't do I, it. I'm not a professional sports better. I like uh, that. We lost money. Yeah, usually do. Usually <laughs> do. All right, and the Waifu Ju predictions for the 2024 MLB season. Rookie of the year, Yamamoto with the Dodgers. We're going, our most improved is going to be Jake Berger. Again, not an award, but he's going to win it. We're going Cy Young with Jesus Lazardo from the Marlins as well. And then the NL MVP will be Mookie Betts. I like it. I feel good about it. I like it. it. I feel really good about it, honestly. I love that you said Scooble. Bookmarking this episode. I just didn't think you had that in your bag, and you pulled it out your bag, and I was like, this. Dude, my bag is deep. <laughs> my, my bag is Never mind. I was. <laughs> you know what I can't stand? Okay. I talked to you about this before we started. Mm-hmm. And if you are one of these people, you're annoying. Those people where you go on Twitter and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to talk about some baseball. I'm going to make a prediction. There's always that one person that goes under your tweet and goes, bookmarked. I don't care. I really do not care. Say what you need to say. Don't bookmark it and be five months later. Ha ha ha. Look, look, you were wrong. Why didn't you stand on your bookmark and say something when you saw something you didn't like? Because you're not about it. You can't stand. You can't make a prediction and stand on it. You just go, I'm going to wait until I'm hopefully right. And if not, I'll just remove the bookmark. You're cowards. Remember that. That was real. That was real. <laughs> that was so real. You said you're not standing on business. Quote tweet me now. Engage. Well, no, that's the thing. It's like you ever you ever watch. It can be literally any sport ever. Uh, I'll take I'll take we'll say basketball, for example. Somebody's getting 30 dropped on their head. They're quiet. But it's a close game. But they've got 30 dropped on their head. They're quiet the entire game. They make one shot in the fourth quarter, and they're like, shit on you, killing you, absolutely destroyed your ass. You're terrible. Where were you the first three quarters? See, I'm the type of person, right? I'm always talking trash. 
It literally does not matter. I could be having the worst game of my life or nowadays, you know, talking sports. I could be on a 0 for 30 run of bad sports predictions and I will still be there talking my shit. You won't catch me at the end when I when I'm finally winning like, yeah, look at me, I'm the best. No, I will I will stand on every prediction. Anything I ever have to say, I will stand on it from the start instead of hiding behind some bookmarks and waiting until whatever Watch I want to come true comes true. Which is why whenever you do have the uh the occasional right take, you do a victory lap. You are a known lap runner. I absolutely do. Dude, I run all of the laps. I love yeah. being right. Yeah. Nobody loves being right more than me. It's actually true. It's a little it's a little egotistical and I love it. It's very fun. Dude, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, um uh, I mean actually there's been a few times. I mean, first example though is when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I'm going back on all my positive tweets about the Chiefs, all of my tweets about people hating on Patrick Mahomes. I'm just like, I win, I win, I win, I win, I win. <laughs> it's irrational. It's very funny. Have you ever had a take so bad you've deleted the tweet or no? Probably, but yeah, probably. It I can't think of one off the top of my head. You know, I'm sure you can go on, on my Twitter and find some pretty terrible tweets. And that's just proof that I will stand. That he stands on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is proof. Yeah. That they're still there. That's very real. So while we're talking about your Twitter, make sure you guys follow us at Spectators Media. Keep in touch with all the stuff that we do. Join us in our discussions for when we're talking about players and all that good stuff. We're going to have a lot of it during the season. Talk about when our episodes come out. Any TikToks or anything like that that we put out. Also, at Spectators Media. Appreciate you guys joining us over there. And again, next week we're going to do our divisional predictions. So we'll talk about who's winning it and all that. Why the Mets won't be second place. All that good stuff. We'll get into it. No, no, no. Why they they will be. No, no. Actually, no. No, no, that's and that's okay. Wrong. And that's okay. Again, you can be wrong. Just just come back when you're wrong or right. I don't care which. Can't wait to do a victory lap. Dude, do your laps, man. You're my biggest op right now. I am the entire <laughs> op room. All of them. I am every op you've ever had right now. So thank you guys again for hanging out with us. Make sure you subscribe and like if you haven't already. We'll be back next week. Peace, guys.